grace, peace, and mercy to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text is the Holy Gospel. Please be seated. Well, brothers and sisters, we have two pregnant women today. Now, I know, I know, women get pregnant all the time. But here in the text, we have a senior citizen ready for the nursing home who is expecting and a virgin teenager who is pregnant. Now, if you listen to the science, the, these things are impossible. Now, don't get me wrong, science and scientists are gifts from the Lord. However, what we read about in the text today goes against all rational science. It's unheard of. Unless, of course, you know and you believe that nothing will be impossible with God when he speaks his word and makes his promises. And so here today in the text, we learn to live by, by faith. Did you hear what I said? By faith. Living by faith means that we believe that God's word does what it says and gives what it promises. And so when God speaks his word, his word does the impossible. You remember in the beginning, God spoke. Let there be. His speaking his word created everything out of nothing, earth and sky, sea and dry land, plants and animals. And now here in the gospel according to St. Luke, a geriatric Elizabeth and her old timer husband Zechariah, childless throughout their entire married life, now finally they conceive a child. Why? Because God said so, that's all. And in addition, the young virgin girl in Nazareth, 16 or 17 years old, named Mary, mailing out wedding invitations, booking the disc jockey, etc., is greeted by the archangel Gabriel, who proclaims the word of God. Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will conceive. You will bear a son. And you will give him the name Jesus. And so the baby is conceived by the Holy Spirit as Gabriel preaches the word into Mary's ears. We know who Jesus' mother is, born of the Virgin Mary. But his father, hmm, this is the scandal, isn't it? We now must learn once again that we must simply believe like Mary did. We must trust that the Holy Spirit came upon her and that the power of the Most High overshadowed her, and that wonderful child she bore is indeed God's Son. We must believe all these things, receive them on faith, trust the word as Mary trusted the word of Gabriel, and said, let it be to me according to your word. We are to learn to trust like Joseph did. He believed the word of the angel when he heard that this child, his beloved Mary was carrying, was of the Holy Spirit and not some other man. Can you imagine the anguish of Joseph's soul as he struggled when Mary said, I'm pregnant? If you look, look at it today, do a Google image search today and look at ancient art of Joseph. It always shows Joseph off in a corner somewhere with a troubled look on his face, a man caught between doubt and faith. Can this be true? Can a virgin conceive and bear a son as the prophet Isaiah preached centuries before? As the angel told Joseph in a dream, 
Can God do it this way? Well, of course he can, because with God, nothing is impossible with his word and promises. <laughs> so Elizabeth conceives in her seniority. Mary conceives in her, <laughs> her virginity. And sinners are forgiven by God. The dead are raised to life because with God, nothing is impossible according to his word and promise. And no doubt, you're asking, ready to ask me this question. Now, Pastor, come on. Why did God do things this way? I'm glad you asked. Really, I am. I hinted at this earlier. It's so that you will live by faith, that you will trust the Lord. Like Mary and Joseph. I remind you that Mary and Joseph were not spared the embarrassment of Mary's pregnancy. Most, upon hearing the explanation, would have suggested that both of them should be institutionalized, given shock treatment, dressed in straitjackets, and put in rubber rooms with the walls painted pink. Joseph and Mary were not spared the inconvenience. And boy, you know, we don't, we don't, uh, anything that inconveniences us, we can't stand. You know that. You know that, don't you? Okay. But they were not spared the inconvenience, and I would even go further and say the agony of having to cancel all their wedding plans and not being able to enjoy a honeymoon. Despite all the heartache and the pain, Mary and Joseph trusted God's word. They lived by, by faith. Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? Good. Now, there is, I would suggest, another gargantuan reason why God works this way as described in Luke 1. The clue, you can read it later if you'd like, the clue is in Luke chapter 3. In Luke 3, we have the genealogy of who? Jesus. Now, if you go to Matthew's gospel, Matthew traces Jesus' bloodline back to, listen carefully, back to David and Abraham. Matthew's point is that Jesus is the, uh, the son of David that would reign as the messianic king forever, as we heard in the Old Testament reading today, 2 Samuel 7. And that Jesus is the promised seed of Abraham, through whom all people and all nations on the earth would be blessed. Good Friday they died for <laughs> but in Luke's genealogy in Luke 3, Jesus is all of that and more. Luke, unlike Matthew, goes all the way back. Do you know this? Oh, you'll have to look this up if you don't. Luke goes all the way back to the, to the beginning, to Adam and to God. Jesus is, as Luke tells it in chapter 3, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, listen carefully now, the son of Adam, the son of God. Did you catch that? So Jesus, according to Luke in his genealogy, is son of Adam and son of God. Or as we sing in the beautiful hymn, beautiful Savior, son of God and son of man. So Jesus is both Adam's son and God's son. He is like Adam in the sense that he is born, born, bone of our bones and flesh of our flesh. 
There's an early church father, his name is Irenaeus, and he put it this way, and I'll simply paraphrase it for you today. He said that the first Adam was born of untilled virgin soil. Remember, he was born from the, the ground. The second Adam, Christ, was born of a, a virgin mother. The Son of God in his humanity then embraces and embodies all of humanity in his own physical flesh. When the Son of God, the eternal word through whom all things were made, in whom all things hold together, when the second person of the undivided trinity became a male human being, the human race received a what? A new head. The head of a new humanity. A new Adam. Through the first Adam, sin and death came into the world. Disorder, disease, death, thorns, weeds. The first Adam chose the way of death over the way of life, and he did it for all of us. And so we are conceived and born in Adam's sin. The deck is stacked against us. David says in Psalm 51, In sin my mother conceived me. And I was born in sin. Speaking of all of us, he is. We're all sons and daughters of the first Adam and Eve. Enslaved and imprisoned in their deadly decision to go with knowing good and evil and choosing death as the way of life. So we're all conceived and born. Bent. Bent inward. Away from God. Turned in on ourselves. self oriented. That's how we are. And we can't be fixed. No one in this world can fix us. And so we need a, a second Adam, a new head, a new birth, a new start, a new creation. We need an insider who is outside of our sin and death. We need a son of Eve who is not an heir to Adam's sin and death. <laughs> now, who's that? Who is it? It's none other than Jesus. He is the second Adam who undoes what the first Adam did. He takes up our humanity into his own humanity. For us men and for our salvation, he became man, we said in the creed. So for us children of Adam, Jesus became the new Adam, embracing all of humanity in his own flesh and blood conceived and born of the Virgin Mary. This is the point of Christmas. This is the point of Jesus taking on flesh. Here's why the Son of God goes the difficult, inconvenient, scandalous way of a virgin mother to embrace our humanity in every way, literally, from the womb to the tomb. Brothers and sisters, there is no part of our humanity that is left out of Christ's humanity. He takes up every single step of our human life from a tiny cluster of cells in Mary's womb to a nursing baby at her breast to a young boy at her feet at his teachers, uh, at, at, his, at the foot of his teacher Joseph in the woodshop to an itinerant preacher to a dying man on the cross and a dead man in the tomb. That's our whole life. All of our humanity wrapped up in one unique divine human person. 
So we as Christians, we revel in the mystery of God incarnate at Christmas time. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail incarnate, deity. The fullness of God dwells in the humble flesh of this child named Jesus. It's so much beyond what any religion on the earth can offer. But there's more, and the more is our salvation. This isn't simply, in other words, Christmas simply isn't God coming to be with us just to hang out with us, to show his face for 33 years and then disappear again. This is God come down to save us. God embracing each and every one of Adam's children in his own sinless humanity. Brothers and sisters, what Jesus does, he does for you. He is conceived and in him you are reconceived. Jesus is born and in him you are reborn. He is circumcised and he keeps the law perfectly and in him you are perfected. Jesus suffers and dies for the sins of the world and in Jesus you are dead to your sins. Paul says in Galatians 2, you were crucified together with Christ. Christ died for all and therefore all died, 2 Corinthians 5. Jesus rises from the dead and in him you rise. Paul says in Ephesians 2, God made us alive together with Christ and raised us up with him. Jesus is glorified at the right hand of God and in him indeed all humanity is glorified, Paul says in Ephesians 2. And he has seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He's taken up everything that's gone wrong with us, our sin, our damnation, our diseases, the hurt that we inflict on each other, our pain, our suffering, our abandonment. Yes, brothers and sisters, Jesus has taken it all into his own humanity and he has reconciled it all to God. In the womb of Mary, in the manger, on the Good Friday cross, at the right hand of God. So because of Jesus, God and the world are reconciled. God and you are reconciled. This is God's word. This is God's promise given to you today, not by an archangel, but by his uh, lowly Wyoming redneck pastor, sent by God to be his messenger to preach it to you today so that you will always live by faith. Have a happy Christmas. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs>